0: mean some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: There, Philly, the goal pushed Philly Huddersfield, town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's
0: life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield
3: Town are promoted for Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield town legend and he takes
1: that chance Now everybody, have you heard, town won again, thanks to Danny Ward. A good point at Luton, with more grit than style, and if you've got a thirst for podcasts, don't turn that dial. Welcome to episode 118 of Ye Old Faithful, Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Questions were asked of Huddersfield Town last week and answers have been forthcoming. A rather good week in HD1 as count Take 4 points. As usual, we're here with the latest talking points from the last week. So, to spread our ear pollution, both far and wide. you have kept your contributions by your side. And, okay, that didn't come across as well as what I thought it might do. A couple of strokers on this podcast as well, I think. Um, Right, myself, Matt Squire, Shaw this week. Uh, say you're a winner, man. You're just a sinner now. It's Richard cozzy Cosmala. How are you doing, mate?
4: Yeah, good, Matt. Four points in the week. Can't argue with that. Well, you could if you get six, but we'll, we'd settle for that, <laughs> wouldn't we? Last Sunday, we were saying, will not we? This time next week, how will we feel? So, yeah, and here uh, we it's are. Good. It's good, man.
1: With Cozzy and I, as a man who always puts his emotions in motion, it's Dan Pozzaporit. You all right, mate?
5: Yeah, not a bad evening, gents.
4: The face of Odysseil Town, sponsored by <laughs> Utiliter Energy.
1: I know. I can only see his teeth at the minute in the car crew.
4: Pause is on every honest the club and pause is pause. How much are you getting paid? You don't
5: get paid, mate, that's the problem.
4: You just get it ground about eight hours before kickoff. That, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> let you <laughs> in with I
5: love Key. That. I love <laughs> that that's
1: <laughs> is that employee is that employee, isn't it? That when you turn up to open up, he's sat there on the doorstep. <laughs> Uh, right. So, uh, with Coszy and I and Dan, uh, we have a very special guest. He's here. He's there. He's every chuffing where. No, it's not Jonathan Hogg, but a man as equally as ubiquitous in his nature. Wherever there's a town podcast, he's like the wind and he's always there. It's David Hartrick. How are you doing, Dave?
0: It's quite nice to be called a special guest instead of just Stephen Chicken's sidekick.
1: That's gonna fair. in the
0: world now. You used to be the trick
1: to the chick, but now you're, you've broken out in your own rights, I think.
0: Yeah, well, you, we all grow up one day. We all hit puberty one day, don't we, Matt?
4: Well,
1: It'll happen to weighing, you soon
0: still
4: enough. Weighing, still
1: weighing.
0: Yeah, Dave, if
4: you stay long enough, you get a job at an EFL club. You know, I up. so. Come back for a few more episodes, mate, and we'll get you a job at Burnley. Burnley? Burnley? I, don't, I know some of you don't, but no.
1: Oh, this is going to go wrong, isn't it, this podcast episode? I can feel it. <laughs> and I feel it already. It's already gone wrong. Uh, right, so Magic Rock Pozza what have you got on there?
5: yes mate uh, as always the uh, podcast is sponsored by magic rock and they were very kind to send uh, a couple of the old town lagers out there this weekend to me and cosy uh, just sampling one now and very nice it is too so if you want to get your hands on some uh, you can log on to their website and use code AHTTC10. Uh, for 10% off and if you want to try it uh, obviously it's been sold down at the ground and also in the tap room um, up at Birkby. I think it's probably the best one for a match day uh, open before matches and afterwards till around about 11 o'clock so yeah cheers to uh, Magic Rock and uh, very nice it is too thank you
1: very good nice wrap right so Luton Town nil, Huddersfield Town nil. Uh, history is often our greatest prescience, if you like. So last week, we looked at some of the recent trends and we had some concerns moving forward, didn't we? Uh, The Forest and Swansea games felt very second half of last season in their nature, Uh, but the latest two have maybe quashed our worries on several levels, and we'll have a look through some of that uh, just now. Uh, Our questions about going behind haven't yet been answered because that's not happened in the last two games, which has been good. Uh, But there's no questions over the discipline, organisation and commitment of Towns Back 3, uh, just looking very carefully at the the three there, Tom Lees, Nabissar, Matty Pearson. Tom Lees, eight clearances, three block shots uh, and a tackle, um, or no tackles because he didn't need to make one. Uh, phenomenal in a very unphenomenal way is, is how I'd describe Tom Lees. Nabisar with seven clearances, Matty Pearson six. Dave, how good is Tom Lees?
0: Uh, I think he's excellent. I think um, when I, I, I wrote a piece on him last week for Yorkshire Live and just talking about how He's sort of quietly become town's best defender, really, and it's backed up by uh, player, player ratings in the Examiner and also the fans' player ratings, um, where he is, I think he's second to S- S- Sorba Thomas. No, he'll be second to Lee Nichols now after yesterday. Sorba Thomas will be in third. And you dig through his stats, and there's nothing particularly exceptional there, but you realise that's because he he doesn't really need to make tackles he just his positioning is really really good I think he's only made in 600 odd minutes of football I think he's only made five fouls and Town as it stands have only conceded seven with him on the pitch in his 600 odd minutes um compared to you know Naby's played played far less football bless him and they they've conceded 11 with him on the pitch and he's just he's just really really good really really efficient with the ball you know, one of the things he's really good at is, is passing. He's got the third highest pass completion rate in the entire squad. Um, top is Dwayne Holmes who has has only played 100 odd minutes of football compared to nearly 700 from Lees and the player in second above him is Jonathan Hogg and Jonathan Hogg's pass completion is always pretty high because it's a lot of the time he's taking the ball from the central defender and it's going back 10 yards to, to a wide player or to a central defender again. So He's, he's averaging second-highest clearances, which is a bit deceptive because they're not clearances. It's him that's often trying to hit the diagonal. He's just a really quietly efficient footballer. And you have to... like, you ha- Sometimes you have to take your hat off to the club and say, on a free transfer now, that looks an absolutely superb piece of business, doesn't it?
1: Oz, you used to play centre-back, didn't you? What, what are your thoughts on Tom Lee's?
5: I like him, as as Dave says, he's, he's sort of never does out, absolutely outstanding. And sometimes you'd struggle to actually, you know, after a match describe what he's done because everything just seems to come almost like it's sort of natural. He's never, oh, what a great tackle because he's been caught out of position and he's had to, you know, make 10 yards and, and sort of last ditch his, his positioning is good. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of those players that sort of goes probably unnoticed a little bit. Um, I think, he's, as Dave says, for a free transfer, he's been a great addition. I know there were some concerns at start of season when he came in, um, you know, on Twitter and social media. People sort of making the comments of if you're going to play out from the back, Tom Lee's is, you know, maybe not the first choice for that. But um, from what I've seen of him, he's, he's very solid. Um, and yeah, he's, he's not bad. Uh, in opposition about Creaver with you know on a set piece because going forward as well which is which is good and i think that back three now is is pretty solid um you can you can rely on them obviously nabby is the maverick of you know the one out of the four that would play there um and you know i still have a little bit of concerns about it about nabby but i do think if he does play with lees and Pearson, they rein him in a little bit and he can probably get away with his maverickness um <laughs> because you've got two I dare say, old school centre halves that are next to him that can that can maybe sort of mop up and uh, and do what they need to do. So, fantastic signing, and, and as it's gone so far this season, you know, um, you know, he's up there for player of season so far.
1: Cosy, how does he compare to those uh, Spanish defenders that you love watching so much? And you have some Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds mates as well who may have given you a mixed opinion on Tom Lee's as well. What what how are you know what expectation did they set to you, and and how has he looked in comparison to it?
4: I liked him Matt to be honest with you as well. I'll be disappointed when he signed for town because that means no more free tickets for Millsborough from him because he got me uh, so many but big friend of Lee Bromby so I think when he came in a lot of the criticism or you know another Bromby kind of guy in he's 34 years old a lot comparing him maybe to Keo and Stephen, and we've had his kind of fingers burned haven't we really we old kind of she was say, past its centre half so my hopes was just really that he'd have you know plenty left in the tank and that as well and yeah, it's early days. And I think what shows the, the quality of the guy really and that as well is I mean, to be fair, he couldn't do much last week at Swansea, but he would kind of, you know, turn for the goal. But he was a great bit of skill and he can he comes back. He, he's just one of those players I like, Matt, in the fact that he just kind of quietly gets on with the job really in that as well. And Dave will probably have more inside knowledge than me on what goes on the training ground. He like the kind of guy that'll come to me, well, obviously been captain at, you know, kind of Hillsburn and, and, you know, highly thought of as uh, Leeds as a leader that. He's going to come down the drive canal side, put his handbrake on, get his gear on, and kind of be a real leader to some of them kind of young guys that we've got mm-hmm. in the squad. So, really, really good. And again, it's just like anything in it with, I suppose, at any age, really, but he's just keeping him fit. And uh, yeah, it's good. And, and it's ironic, like, positive you said, it was a lot of Wednesday nights, one that was saying, oh, yeah, you know, don't ask him to bring it out, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, that's been one of his best bits, really, in that, as well as like kind of Dave mentioned there with the, with the stats. So, yeah. Really, really good, but it's like anything, isn't it? When we sign a guy from Leeds, you've got to. I mean, obviously, been a long time at Hillsborough, he's got to win a lot more over than the crowd, plus through his age, plus through the the kind of the Stearman Keo kind of, oh, God, is he past it? What free transfer
0: journeyman, etc. And you can't argue, mate, it's been brilliant. His his whole thing is he just wants to be available to play football. That's, that's his whole attitude so as soon as he knew he was being released in the summer he started working with a a coach and a physio because he had a injury and he wanted to get himself fit for the start of the season despite the fact he didn't have a club and he's just a very impressive individual as I said he's just when you look at someone like Levi Colwell you think well if you want to role model Levi of someone in terms of attitude and what they do on the pitch then really at the moment, some Lees is, is is the way to go. He's just a very dedicated professional. And I think there's 34-year-olds and 34-year-olds, isn't there? There was he he's not a defender who's thrown his body on the on the line for sort of 15 years. So he's he's still in very, very good nick. He's still very, very mobile, he's still very good on the ball. So yeah, just just a good player, you know. And I mean. I know that sounds as, as sort of almost damning with faint praise, but that's that's what you need in the Championship. You need to be able to look at sort of five or six individuals in your team and go, well, yeah, he's just a good player.
1: I don't think there's enough love in the room, is there, for uh, for Tom Lees so far. It's been an extraordinary start. And the reason why I mention him is because he stood out to me in that first half against Luton. Uh, Luton were knocking on the door, so to speak, and, and Tom Lees was one who, who really stood up to that onslaught. You know, Harry Cornick was putting good balls in from the right-hand side and... Amari Bell was getting down the left and Pearson, uh Tom Lees and Nabisar were were almost you would almost say rock solid. There was that one opportunity for Amari Bell where he really should have scored. But aside from yeah, that, they Lee were Nichols good balls, was relatively... I'm gonna
4: take you to task there. Their balls were horrendous. And I I, I think didn't you have twenty one crosses or thirty one crosses in the first half, Dave? You probably have a start straight if you Not some other, but they were horrendous. I, it was almost like they were a sixty mile an hour Gale Force wins. We got I thought we got lucky there. they 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 put so much forward, but they were poor. And we'll come on to their in a bit. I'm sure we w- we will do. But mm. the one thing that they were mentioning, compared to obviously saw the game on Wednesday when they smashed Coventry, is that the, the balls in was so much better. I thought we got kind of lucky there. They were they were awful. Really, they wanted something crosses.
0: Yeah, but i I think that <laughs> I think I think more than anything though. Before you sort of drill down into the game or look at anything. It, it's, it's just championship football this season that you can play well on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and you can play really, really badly on a Saturday. It's just every team in the league is doing this. And I mean, I, I'm a I'm a little bit, um to be both really honest with you, I'm a little bit on Coszy's side here. I didn't think their final ball was great. And yeah, it was, I think Town stood up pretty well, but I think one of the reasons Lee's probably stood up to you, Matt, is because when you've got Colwell, Sar, and Pearson as defenders, they all quite like committing. They all like coming out and committing to the tackle, to the header, to clearance, whatever it is. Mm. And when you do that, it's quite nice to have a presence like Lee's in the middle, who's a little bit more calm and who takes up that cover position just behind continually. And I think that's why it goes under the radar sometimes. You don't quite realise the sort of protection mm. he's providing all the time. And when you have a team who are crossing it like that, sometimes it's just, you know, I thought I thought town did okay, if I'm brutally honest with you. I thought they set up not too bad at all first half. We had me, you and Stephen Chicken had contrasting <laughs> views on that first half, didn't we?
1: I I didn't think it was very it's it's interesting. I think that maybe moves on the, the conversation a little bit earlier as well, in regards to the rear guard action. I I I think when crosses come into the box, that they've got to be dealt with, and that's the first and foremost of of any sort of defensive unit, if you like. And and we did that well. There were a couple of decent ones. I thought six yard wise, you know, Amari, like I say, Amari Bells hit the post from a, from a cornic cross. A couple did whiz across, um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of things came in uh, in terms of the rear guard action. This, this has come about really as town are quite slow to get into the game again. Um, the question really is, is this intentional by design or is it a case of town being, under the cosh or getting, in, getting the initial lineup or tactics wrong maybe. Um, Preston Sheffield United Stoke Blackpool, Forest Swansea and Luton. that's you know those games we were all quite slow out of the blocks in that. Um, also five out of the six away games we've been quite I wouldn't say penned back in all of them, but we have come out a little bit slow and tentatively. Um, the earliest goal we scored this season, thanks to Liam Wobshaw on, on Twitter for this was uh, 36 minutes, Alex Viaco against Blackburn, that's the earliest we scored. Uh, we've not scored in the first half hour, obviously. All season, uh, four goals in the first half and twelve in the second. Is it? Is, is this just a tactical quirk by design? I, I can't work it out really. Uh, or is this, just,
4: or yeah, is this just?
1: Or is this just? Is this just um, how it's going?
4: It was interesting. Matt Nathan Jones made a comment about that as well. So he was kind of saying he saw it as a. He said those who were scared. I think they were his worst, to be honest with you. He said he spoke to some of our just that often we were scared. And you know where we kind of maybe dominate possession. He felt they were like a model victory for them that, you know, kind of, they dominated certainly in the first half from that as well. But I just think, I don't know whether you think too, my kind of thought process coming into it and then like Dave saying, you can't, you know, one championship game another, but they come in on, on, on a great result. Obviously we did, but I just think going down there, the weather were horrendous. It's it's one of those, we know kind of they're pretty direct on that as well. And it, we're almost like we let them kind of do what they needed to do, to do really and that as well. And I just think, think, it got to a point, I think we texted each other, Matt, didn't we? That were like, if this carries on, you know, there's, there's only with one winner and luckily that, you know the guy hit the post from, from no yards out. But I don't know, I just think sometimes that I think they came into it on the roll, they put they kind of stamped their authority on there. That that's what made it. I mean, we'll come on second half later, what we but it's like that's something more surprising to me that I just thought there's only one way this is going, but but then your head tells you this is championship, surely we're gonna play a better second half than we did, but yeah. I just think sometimes you've just kind of got to say, yeah, they're at home there and the front foot there off the back of a, you know, big win and what have you and that as well. But, but realistically, what, what did Nichols have to do when all said and done? I mean, even that it's the post, not a shot and tag it, is it? But he had nothing to do, but so I thought, yeah, they had the ball, but we didn't, they didn't like doing much to me.
1: I can say yeah, though this I is, this is sort of five out of six in it. Cause, uh, it's not, it's not really a criticism either. It's more of an observation of, of how we're, how we're lining up pause. Um, just let us know what have you made of what have you made of it
5: I'd, I'd, I'd argue it's more by by design um from what i've seen so far it's it's almost taken to to boxing not it you 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 go out rope and a you, dope yeah. Yeah, feel for your opponent and, and um let, let them come at you and and let's let's defend and see what they've got and hopefully by half time 60 odd minutes they're they're out of ideas and we can then you know take a foothold in the game a little bit like the Sheffield United won it i were. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the first instance where I really noticed it and I was a little bit, you know, aggrieved that we were sort of sitting back and, and, and not really looking for the win. And then we all of a sudden changed play on front foot and, you know, we got into the game. But I think certainly away from home, if you, if you come flying out of the blocks, leave gaps in behind, uh, other teams are at home, they're expected to get forward, you know, all of a sudden you could be, you know. Caught on the break yourself and, and within 20 minutes you're 2-0 down and it's a long way back from there, away from home. So I don't particularly mind that uh, approach. Um, we've had chances before, you know, look at Blackburn, we missed two two really good chances really early. We came flying out of blocks there for me against Blackburn at home and we were just looking not, not to get the goals. Um, like I say, away from home, don't don't really mind that. Let's get a feel for the game, let's get, get a feel for the tempo, deal with what we have to deal with. <laughs> And in many games, I won't say as, as goal has been peppered. Even Sheffield United, they were on the ball, but they were mm. twenty twenty-five yards out with it. You know, a lot of sideways passing and, and crosses, a little bit like yesterday. We we dealt with them well. So I I would suggest it's it's more designed than being penned back. Um I just think we need to probably be a little bit more proactive and and probably a little bit better quality when we do get those breaks. Certainly, in you know, sort of first half, we 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 bring the. Attacking players into play. Um, I just think if they, they just need to deliver. Certainly, coroma needs to be a little bit better and supporting the the front man. Um, I know we're going to come to talk on about Blackburn and Danny Ward, but when we get close to him, we, we are so much better. So it's just it's just finding a way to to do the things going forward a little bit better for me. But the the way that we set up and way that we you know start the games, not, no problem really.
1: I say pause. That's it, it, those five games I've mentioned. We've won two of them, lost two, drawn one. So it's not not really bad. That's away from home as well, Dave. So that's not actually a bad ratio when you look at it.
0: No, it's not at all. I, I think I personally think a lot of it is by design. I mean, like football games are full of variables, so you can't control everything. But I think the the Sheffield United win sort of convinced Corburn that one of the best things to do is just try to get to half time any which way you can without any damage and then do the bulk of your work in the second half when you can influence it with substitutes and various other things and I think while it's it, it, I think town are historical slow starters this isn't just a Carlos Corbrand problem this was a Danny Cowley problem as well town took ages to get into games it's slight there's a slight mentality around the squad that they are do start a little bit fearful but when you take them off the leash like the Everton League Cup game like the Blackburn game midweek, they can do it it's it's just they're slightly risk adverse Carlos Corbran is a slightly risk adverse manager as well in truth and I think that it's if it works, <laughs> you can't really fault it and the thing I would say is, Luton are a really good side. They're they're a really they're tough to break down, they're tough to beat. They've got lots of goals in them. As a club they're a really sound club. They they run really well. They do some fantastic things in terms of of off the pitch stuff. They recruit in the right areas and they spend money in the right areas. To come away from a point there is I think is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine because there's there's plenty who won't this season there's a few who already haven't
1: so yeah I agree with that many people's shouts as a dark horse as well this year this year looting mm-hmm. for the top six so you know it's it's a I, I was gonna say it's a great I thought it was a great point all in all um, a really good point and second half I thought we came out and we made a really good statement second half we you know we've done this in quite a few games where we sort of the shackles come off if you like and Sauber Thomas starts getting into the game Josh Caroma again had another good second half I thought you know he's, he's slowly getting back at certain points. Little bit, there are sort of it feels a bit sort of two steps one, one, you know, forward, one back, two steps forward, one back with Coroma, which is fine at the minute. Uh, yeah, I thought, Matt, it like I it uh, Premier well.
4: League, like watching Premier League years later on in game wasn't It were like uh, Henry Lansbury, Cameron Jerome. <laughs> God, I yeah. thought Brian Steen were gonna come on. <laughs> Brian Steen, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, but I I've I... weird it though. Like Jones has kind of got a real mixture there of, of players, and I, I was kind of looking up Lansbury, he's like 30 years old, but. He seems to have been around forever, doesn't he? He's kind of you lost He used to have that big haircut
1: as well, didn't he? used to have that huge, big yeah. sweeping haircut as well back in the day. Yeah, but... you
4: could see his quality, even though when he'd come on for like 15 minutes, he were like control. Yeah. And he tried that audacious kind of shot, yeah, but he kind of yeah. fell over and, and that as well. But I'll tell you played well for us, and Matt, and I, I just think he needs to go. That Luton commentator we're getting on my news, I think everyone's without Sin and E. What a player, mate. Oh, think...
1: Soliloquy, synoptic oh. yeah. Oh. Yeah. you know he- what
4: he's, what I like about him especially on, on Tuesday it were horrendous miss wasn't it and, and it's like you can tell he just wants a goal and, and I think he'll really kick on but what I liked about it mate he didn't like getting down and he goes again We liked shooting on, on Saturday and they were long range and honestly that one I mean obviously we weren't there but it'd be interesting to know it's anyone who's kind of I bet the behind the goal thought it were in because it, it locked it didn't it, it was so we didn't really get a good angle on the replay but Wow, it would a bigger. He's he's gonna get way me a lot of goals this year. I'm getting optimistic with this guy. Do
1: you like him, and I
4: I do. I think he's got something about him, mate, and that's well. I do like. I do like the fact that I'd town in my town history. We always think of guys who don't really shoot much. We we don't. We like score perfect goal. Where this guy'll have a goal and and long mate continue. I think that showed a lot of character, mate, on yesterday on a sticky field at at Luton to do what he did. Where on Tuesday, God, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, mate, because I'm feeling for you. I want you to get that goal and. And then he comes, you know, it's a good sign from him, mate. And Knowledge people I know that support him. They, they really have high hopes for him. So if they come down, it's probably will do again, yeah, I think I want to take him back and do it well. But let's see, yeah.
1: Can't do it. It's ours, isn't it? If we press the button, I think it's uh, his, yeah, his uh, our player. But there you go. Uh, so then- yeah, fair result. I thought this was a fair result. You could argue a Bell should have scored for them. But again, Toffolo, maybe when he's had that shot, could have maybe squared it for Campbell. I think it's all horses for courses. Nil-nil, fair result, draw line. Move on. What do you reckon?
5: Yeah, they have taken it before, so yeah, can't grumble with that. Especially after two defeats, like because says a uh, uh, four week, four points from the next two, one at home, one away. Yeah, you take it, and like you say, it's it's not a.
1: It shuts us up a bit. Uh, Pause last week because we were probably. Yeah, I, th- I think it was more negative last week's podcast than what we wanted it to be at certain points, wasn't it? We weren't really trying to be negative. We were just trying to be objective, and it probably came out a bit bit wrong in yeah. many ways. But this this kind of pipes us down a bit, doesn't it?
5: I think not not sort of that respect. I think it would justify doing what we were saying. I don't think we were being negative for negative sake. We we, we are at town a club that when we do start losing we can quickly fall into a, a run of, you know, bad form really, really quickly. So for me certainly obviously Blackburn came up quickly, came, you know, on the on the midweek. Didn't have too much time to dwell on it. And the way that we approached that game I thought were were really positive and, and really good. Um so I don't know if Carlos had a little listen to his podcast because he came out and did what we were asking him to do Um, and it it has gave me a lot more confidence now and and hopefully everybody else that if we do have two, three, maybe even four, you know, not perfect results that we will come back from it whereas certainly after Christmas last year, you had no hope of that. so yeah, can't grumble at all. More than happy tonight. That's it. Is, man, before that's
4: the game, mate. Let's be honest. If you did a struggle, tough. I said, so, bloody hell, no vehicle, no hog, looting away, peeing it down. That's physical team. You're probably worried, wouldn't you? And I, I will but Scott, I thought Scott, I did. As you did a decent job in there, mate.
1: Well, this brings us on to our next thing. It's uh, I've entitled this "Life Without Hog," and maybe life. Maybe that's a bit of a strong title, but we've well, there's two games here. We we look at. Statistically, Veiko and Scott High have put in two good performances there. Veiko, excellent against Blackburn. Uh, Scott High, I thought, had a really good second half against Luton Town. Prior to the game against Blackburn, we'd not won without Jonathan Hogg in the side since we beat Charlton 4-0 pre-lockdown. Since then, we've had 12 games without him uh, in League and Cup, and we failed to win any of them. So it showed the importance Jonathan Hogg is to Huddersfield Town on this side, and he still is going forward. So this is not a bash Hoggy session or anything like that. Jonathan Hogg will be massive to Huddersfield Town Football Club moving forward. He will, you know, he will he will be a big, big figure for the next couple of years, without a doubt. Um, but what this shows is this shows that maybe without Jonathan Hogg, we have we now have the players who can make us competitive and we can win uh, games. Yeah,
4: cool. <laughs> uh-huh. he will pass. The... Come on, pause, Join me. <laughs>
1: You have to finish it. If you start something, Cozzy, you have to finish it, mate. That's not, that's not what we do on this podcast.
4: Mate, that's why I didn't play a stick, because it's, people couldn't that song again. Ooh,
1: bit of Abba. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but Lewis O'Brien, I thought, it was was fantastic in both games. I think it's worth pointing out, Lewis, um, his performance against Luton as well. Five, you know, five tackles, three interceptions, some really good figures. I don't think you get running stats anywhere, but if you could, you would see... The amount of ground Lewis O'Brien covered was phenomenal against Luton Towner and Scott High. When Lewis O'Brien goes like that, he carries the ball forward. It, it, there's a lot of onus then on these midfield partner to to sort of plug the gaps in midfield. And I thought Scott High did fantastically well, especially in the second half of picking up second balls and just setting things going again. And I think I've, I've, yeah. I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Scott High, and I think there's definitely totally a good future agree, there.
4: Especially when he got subbed off after about nine minutes on Tuesday. I thought it's comfort mm. to be down. Uh, <laughs> Rambo, here's Rambo.
0: Yeah. But, well, carry on I, let me just, I tell you what, let me just clear that up. That one Rambo's fault. No, it won't, it won't. They held, held up the wrong number. And you did, yeah. I, did, it, yeah. It, I tell you, from, from an analyst point of view, because we have to report stuff back to Octa straight away as it's happening, and Rambo's point of view, it's the worst thing that can happen because it just makes you look. You're, you're so tuned in to just reporting exactly what you can see with your eyes. It just makes you look a complete idiot. So poor old Rambo's pulling, well, I was going to say pulling Scott High off. He didn't go that far. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was subbing Scott High quite rightly because that's the number that went up. And bless him, it was Orba Thomas who was actually going off. You know
4: what, though, Dave? There was so much carry-on on Tuesday by that touchline. You had a better view than us, but... Mm. What were going on there, Mowbray, pissing about and stuff? It was a shambles at times. and That would always come in with that,
0: that kind of carry on there. I think the thing is, it was a very frenetic game and both benches were getting frustrated. But the referee, I thought, had a slightly funny game because he let an awful lot go and pulled up other things he shouldn't. It was there was a couple that, so for example, there was a couple of injuries that I think he could have let go instead of pulling them straight back and starting with an uncontested drop ball. Mm-hmm. And when you're a manager, that just drives you mad because you always see the situation developing a minute on your team always scores so the a minute that whistle goes. So they were getting frustrated and Mowbray in particular was they were particularly annoyed by the fourth official and some of the things he was doing. And they was really mucking around with subs. There was, uh, Town had two ready and it took, I think it took about five minutes and three stoppages before he'd managed to actually get himself sorted and get them on. Blackburn had a couple ready and went through exactly the same thing. It was, awesome. I don't I don't blame them because, you know, in a frenetic, tense game like that, the last thing you need is like a fourth official who can't get, his paperwork right, and then drops the board at one point, and then puts the wrong numbers up. It's just, it's those those are the sort of things that wind benches up really. That's when officials don't really help themselves. If I'm brutally honest, oh Rambo's been defended. It's disgusting. Yeah,
1: it's good to have, have Rambo's name clear again, isn't it? Though Rambo, <laughs> we love you, Rambo. It's good. It's good. It didn't good.
5: That both teams made four subs because at one point I was like, what, "What's going on here? Surely we've
1: already had." Yeah. People. Well, a of a this cushion, isn't it.
0: Yeah, this was it. That was the other point of, of uh, everybody was wondering. I, I clocked it straight away as a possible concussion sub, but then nobody could clarify it in the press box if concussion subs were really in the championship, because there was then a question about, right, is, is it just Premier League? Everybody was searched on their phones and laptops. So when you type it in, all you can see is Premier League. So I asked Dave at halftime, Dave Frellfall Sykes, who didn't realise it was a concussion sub, he went and checked with the referee. And not only did he find out it was a concussion sub, but then he had to go and report back that it's a concussion sub and you get an extra sub. So it was all again, it was all like everybody was looking at each other for about 10 minutes before half time, going, was it? Was it? Was it?
1: Was it? It's a great rule though. I think that's a great rule The Brian.
0: Even yeah, yeah. It's it's one of finally a bit of Sensible rule changing,
1: hundred percent. But let's not lose. Let's look lose uh, where we were as well. So we'll bring on to the Blackburn game as well. But uh, pause. What what did you make of the the midfield performances then of of High and Vieco? And you know, you you you're someone who's looked at that midfield quite quite thoroughly recently, haven't you? But I how how on, did I how, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around it slightly. But uh, how?
5: can with people knocking on my door telling me how wrong I am again. <laughs> But no, um, as you say, without Hogg, um, it is a different sort of three for me. I think if you play Valleco, O'Brien and Sanani, I think you've, you've got a good blend there. I think the legs that Hogg gives you, you keep with O'Brien, but you also gain that little bit more forward um, outlook. Beko, um, and you know, really good, breaks, breaks up the play, and, uh, and can get the ball moving forward and then you've got tsunami as your you know like your main sort of attacking midfielder from from middle there so i think i think that three for me works a little bit better there, are, there will be times that hog will work better in that three um, and i think it depends on your opponent and i think if it's a little bit more physical in there i think you need hog um but o'brien's not shy of a tackle um he can get stuck in so i just think you yeah, I think with that, we're with, with taking Hog out and playing Viaco or High. I think you lose, say maybe thirty percent through Hog, but you gain more playing somebody else instead of him if it's a game that dictates that. So I think I think it works quite well. Uh, the you know that that little midfield three, and um, you know I, I like a three-five-two formation anyway. So combine that with Pipper on one side when he is back and. Tuffolo on the other side, uh, and I think that that five across the middle with the three behind him, as as we've already mentioned, you know, I think that's a really good, a really good unit. And then it's just your front three then, and it's just getting that to work a little bit better for me. As good as Thomas has been, um, he can't do it all by himself. Chrome needs to sort of step up a, another 20-30% for me. And then that central striker, as as we've discussed at length, uh, I'm sure people sick of hearing us talk about it, but. To me, Blackburn game really showed that if you can get someone as much stick as we've given Danny Ward, if you can get someone close to him, or closer, whether it be a Sinani from from the middle or the or the wide three, sorry the wide two of the three, just tucking in maybe a, sort of ten yards a little bit, you can make things happen. And, and you know it proved in it the you know two goals and certainly his best game um, since he returned. Even if you take the goals out, it, it were a really good performance from Ward. And, it should do his confidence no end of good
1: well I think I think you're right we mentioned that last week that you need to get people in that 10 role don't you and Sinani came in really well and I think that third goal Dave is is just a real highlight of what Danny Ward can bring when you get people close to him you know the ball's played into Danny Ward and he has got people in you know in close and he's managed to hold the ball up really well and it's and he's laid it off and it's come to the right hand side this is the uh, yeah, so it's come to Ollie Turton, hasn't it, on the right-hand side. And he's put a decent ball in. And who would have thought Ollie Turton as a game-changer ahead of Sorba Thomas? You know, Carlos, genius. And he's whipped the ball in. Tofflow's headed it back. Danny Ward's headed it in. Danny Ward started and finished that move. And that's what you want from your number nine or number 10, whichever one you want to call it. But that is primarily what you want. Someone who can let, hold it, lay it off, and then get in the box. And it's a perfect piece of centre-forward play. And the second, this first goal also was quite similar as well.
0: Yeah, I I think you could see right from the off that there was a huge difference in his game because he could look up and see another blue and white shirt. It was just as simple as that. There's been so many games this season where you can't defend his touch, but you could defend the fact that he was continually up against three defenders with nobody within 20 to 25 yards of him. And I think that ability to play off someone is is really what he's all about and how you get the best of him. And like I would... (laughs) In the five conclusions, I wasn't going to bore everyone with a load of heat maps, but if you look at individual heat maps from the start of the season, like Danny Ward's in the middle, there's nobody else anywhere near. And then, lo and behold, against Blackburn, you can look at, go on sofa score and look at Lewis's, look at basically anybody in the midfield or up front, and they've all got a patch in the centre because they were all trying to get closer to him, and... You saw what the what a difference it makes. I don't think you can do it in every game and I don't think Danny Wall can expect it in every game because there are going to be games like Luton where you do have to scrap and fight and push and, Harry, that is your job in the side. But in home games where you want to get on the front foot and you want to take something from him, just help him out. That's, that's all it comes down to, just help him out. Because I think he's had a lot of stick this season but I don't think anybody else would have done a better job. I don't think Fraser Campbell, Jordan Rhodes or Meepo would have would have done particularly a better job in some of the circumstances he had to play in. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I was really, really pleased for him, but he's got to keep it going. It's. I just hope the international break coming doesn't stop his momentum again, because it seems like Come towards the end of last season he was starting to play a lot better he got the goal against Coventry got the goal um, and he was looking a lot better but then the season ends and he tried hard over the summer fitness wise came back with the the least body fat of anybody in the squad and came back early as well like I Thomas and a few others but yeah I just I just feel he's had absolutely no luck so I hope after the international break he he keeps going and they keep Supporting him in in home games, as I said, you you can't do it in every away game. He has to do a different role there. But in the home games, the minimum you want is somebody within a knockdown from him. Really,
1: Mm, excellent. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, the Huddersfield Blackburn game. Just the only thing I thought, Cosy, after that, because you you were you were in the South Stand for the first time since December two thousand and nineteen. You know what? Uh, but, but what a lot of fun that game was that that was my what I came away if, even if we'd have drawn that 2 all. I thought you know what I've really enjoyed that game and I came I, I you know skipped back to the car it, it was just a great game of football wasn't it and that's just what that's what you want to get out of your houses for and go and see just good football thrills and spills five goals it was just, just a great night really wasn't it you were
4: perfect mate I mean it's where we at Southland are right near pause, to be honest with you you've got no trajectory you're so low that it's like on the sea level so the first thing when, when Ward bashed that Edward in for 3-2, I looked at the linesman because I thought, I mean, it's impossible to tell. I just thought, it, it felt he's like it's offside because with no one near him, it just felt a weird thing and beautiful moment when he had his flag down. But, oh, Matt, brilliant. There were like 1,400 Blackbird fans. There were a bit of uh, trouble after the game, actually, and that as well. Uh, but that, <laughs> I think a lot of fans are just like laying off a bit of steam. But yeah, he was brilliant. And by echo, I just, oh, it's just like you mentioned there, Dave, we were kind of warding the international break. I just hope that about this injury. I just felt that with a coming-of-age performance for so the sort of town on Tuesday night, I thought it was brilliant.
1: When Labrada
4: buskets. Go, yeah. His goal was brilliant, mate. He was a proper finish. They had a lot to do. And he just looked, he looked 10 foot tall, mate. He really did look good. And why, wow, you don't want to get carried away on what, in effect, 60 minutes or whatever, he, he kind of lasted in that as well. I just thought, wow, this is like at last we've got a different option. I think O'Brien's been superb the last two games. It's Really weird. I don't any connection with a contract being signed or whatever, but you just I thought he looked such a class player, especially yesterday at Luton. He was just sweeping stuff up, and you just knew, kind of, if you were a new to watching this, kind of to grab nil nil, you'd think, wow, this that guy looks a bit of a standout player. Played, that. played thought, like
1: but... a captain as well, didn't he, O'Brien? I thought against mm-hmm. Luton.
4: Yeah, he did. But Blackburn, mate, I I thought there. I mean, the debate on their second goal who was the guy that had the run? I just looked him up and then the phone's gone, a bit, he's gone off and that's oh. Joe Rothwell. Joe Rothwell
1: yeah. I just yeah. think
4: sometimes, right, you've just got to say that were class because when he got on the ball, he were like, he were very direct. I think it was O'Brien that kind of pulled out the tackle. That's where, Ho-
1: it, that's where Hoggy just yeah,
4: that goes be through him, better, he? He had no option to do that. I thought it was brilliant what he did and he cut the ball across. That was just class play and I think sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up and say that were really good and that as well, but Brendan Diaz on fire, isn't he? And that's well, I think the international things really kind of buoyed him and that, but he won a 7 million football. Again, I've been doing a little bit of research today, mate, not quite Dave's standards, but, but you can't be a mugger when you kind of sign for that. So it's like, I thought really good. And at 2-2, two, two, I mean, I don't bet anymore, but if you're betting in play, there's only one team you're going to put your money on and that's where championship football just like makes you look a mug because I mean, Mowbray said, I thought they're going to win. I did. <laughs> I actually thought that would it We'd run race and. What an, what an amazing ending and that as well. And Danny Ward, a man who's took absolute dog's abuse and it was still a shame to still see some people. Give him his day, man. Mm. You know, like, I get people don't like certain players and what have you and stuff like that as well, but he was brilliant, mate. We're pivotal. The reason we won the game, in effect, and that as well. So just let him have his moment. It's like, he's still, he still not doing anything. He's like, bollocks, man. Just leave that out. And Danny Ward, class Tuesday. Let's hope it's the start of something good. But call it as you see it. It was good. I, I, I had another guy who worked. Uh, Carlos, this is crap, this is off your seat stuff. I was like, mate, how can you not enjoy it and I? And it was still not having it. There's some people that I get it, that like auntie Carlos, anti Danny Ward, but I just think you've just got to have an open mind on the stuff. It's like if you come in there and you're not enjoying that, then I think you've just got to do something different with your Tuesdays, Saturdays, because yeah, 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 yeah. that's that that were enjoyable stuff, mate. If you mm. want top quality, sexy football, Liverpool Man City is your stuff. If you want like a nice, you know, kind of free flowing game, that's it. But Championship's always been like that. So he did frustrate me a little bit. that still some people couldn't take their agendas out and we're still giving it to Ward. I just like, no, mate. Mm.
1: I think Danny Ward is, let, you know, king for the day, wasn't he? And let him, let him be. So it's, um, you know, no need to pull him down. But you know what? Let's have a look at the football forum. So this is after, so what we do after uh, the Luton game, we send out a tweet and just say, you know, let us know your thoughts on the game and we'll read out some of the comments that we get through. And with it being a nil-nil game and it being, quite a satisfactory point we didn't really get many responses back on this seven seven, yeah so you know it's not quite a record low or anything but I think it's a good sign when things are going well people just tend to just sort of thumbs up and move on don't they so you know it's not a bad not always a bad thing uh so yeah Huddersfield Town Family at HDFC underscore family says a point was probably better than the overall performance we struggled first half and created nothing again after the break we didn't have chance didn't have we did have chances, but didn't do enough. I'd have taken a point before, and plus, Nickle's got a clean sheet. So overall, happy with the point and work rate. How good pause was Nichols shithousing against Blackburn as well? That false dive, unbelievable.
5: The, just I, unbelievable. I'm
1: starting to love this guy, the big easy. I think I called him on Tuesday night. It just makes everything just look so calm and easy, doesn't it? The ball comes in the box, and it's just you know feet up.
5: You never, you never. I mean, we discussed Ryan Schofield at length last season, but. That's what Schofield needs to be looking at and, and taking a lot of um, inspiration from from Lee Nichols because as you say you, you never panic you, as, as as a fan sometimes you know you see stuff happening and you think oh you know, any minute now but with Nichols you just have a little bit of a
1: experience though isn't
5: it and I think that helps the back three as well we've we've talked about how well they've done but that can't happen if your keeper's not like Nichols is uh, I think he's picked up three bookings under this season for sort of time yeah people
1: and- are panicking aren't they well, but- <laughs> yeah.
5: I don't mind that at all you know.
1: The big easy. Uh, yeah. Danny Smith says, win at home and don't lose away. And you can't grumble too much, especially when we've had a stinker at Kenilworth Road in recent times. Uh, Gamer James FM says, great point at a ground we don't usually do well at. Four points was my target from the last two matches. So I'm definitely happy. Sin and I had a couple of good efforts. The first was agonizingly close. Psychologically, it's huge to be unbeaten in two heading into the internationals. Uh, and the right,
4: la- let's take it with task, he shab- do You want to Hang on, hang
1: on, hang on. Do you want to do this? Hang on, Nope, hang on. We've lost to a pubsoid. We've literally lost to a pubsoid.
4: Absolute danger, you know, this fellow.
3: <laughs> is
1: and see Sievert in the crowd a possible David Wagner. Success. All right, Cosie, I can you know see you're absolutely champion I get
4: announced I, in <laughs> I mean, ours is as bad as anyone. But I get announced club commentary and TV is going to be biased. I get that. But the guy just didn't seem to get the rules of football. It's like, it's it, like. That's surely your card stuff. And it were like fouls and that. I couldn't believe it. It were embarrassing. I'll tell you what he needed, mate. He needed a sidekick. He were on his own. He were, And it was just like, mate, it was a war for stuff. But in a way, you kind of think, fair enough, mate, you're biased. You know, you want your team to win and stuff. But there was stuff later on. They were like, that's got to be a foul. And he were going in there. this like, mate, no. But the good thing is, Twitter, Twitter's a bad gauge for anything, in it? But I went on my own. There were a lot of people that were disliking him there. Uh, so we're all watching these streams abroad. We were all abroad, weren't we, yesterday? Watching these uh, live... International feeds. waters, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah, mate. Just got back from Gibraltar. But yeah, all good, man.
1: What was his name? The guy commentating. I can't find his name anywhere. I'm, I'm surprised they've left him. No, no,
4: but I'll tell you what, he could do it. He should have been binned off camera, I mean, commentary, and should have been used to clean the cameras, mate, with a cloth. That, that is, but That's what his job should have been in. Should have got someone else. What's Nick Owen up to? Cozy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app.
1: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: The Tunchbull Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. For
4: these days. You remember? Going, I'm yeah. old
2: enough to remember all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Ann Diamond. Uh, yeah, he was he was terrible, I will say. He's, he was infuriating at the very best. He's, He's one the most one, one he one-eyed did... commentator you will ever come across. He was just <laughs> in He was just his oh, yeah, Balling. But anyway, he's 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 obviously the, back in the danger zone. Hdfc uh, Dreams says good performance, good point on the road. Wonder if Carlos to play Campbell away from home holds the ball up better, takes some pressure off, bring others into play. Ward struggles at this. The only thing I'd say about that is the first half when it was a struggle, a lot of balls forward were to nothing really. They were into the corners trying to turn <laughs> Luton, weren't they? None of it really was directed anywhere. And I don't think Fraser Campbell makes much of a difference if you know defenders are smashing the ball into the far corners. I don't think anyone makes much of a difference there, but I do see, I do see the point on occasion that when you do have uh, a striker who's so far away from the rest, that's where you think, do you know, what we could probably do with a big, strong, um, poitre shaped type, or you know, who could just hold the ball and allow Let the me others talk to. That
4: man match. I mean, it's a big, no, ass young guy.
1: No, not not at his age. I don't think he, he's more of a sharp striker getting in behind. But it's yeah, it's ha- more of a it's Wayne Allison who is you want get big I Wayne out
4: know. of. A, Get, today, well, way now, get Wayne out of I retirement. I Bayo didn't have his best game, Matt, but the qualities he shows that I just think you could tell why we were after him, mate, and he'd give us something different. It's a bit frustrating when we on him. Adi I mean... Yeah, he's decent. Yeah, he decent. cleared it out of the game second half, but first half, I thought, wow, if he were in our team, he'd just give us a bit of a different mm. dimension. And Yeah, uh, he was he was, pretty was pretty good, like, actually. Nailed it's, it's, it's,
1: I thought, Matty Pearson, this is what one of the things where I thought our back three were really good, because when they were hitting diagonals into uh Adibeo. Matty Pearson was and Tom Lees were both using their shoulder just to nudge him and keep him off balance constantly and he was the ball was sailing over his head. And it's those little unseen things that the centre backs do when because mm-hmm. these are decent diagonals coming in. But the sail over his head and everyone thinks oh that was a crap ball but it wasn't. It's Lees and Pearson been very clever with their you know with, with the shoulders and elbows and levering him out of the way and I thought they handled him very, very well in and around the box. But he did have a decent game outside the box Adibeo and we might have been lucky at one point. Last two comments. Uh, Adam Bell says, on our way back from Luton now, a draw was a fair result. We were desperate for the halftime whistle to be blown, but came out swinging in the second half. I think that's uh, very true and uh, well done to everybody who who made the journey to Luton and, and sold out the tickets. Um, decent following down there. And Jim Rushworth just said, good point away. And I think that pretty much roundly uh, brings that up perfectly, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah. So thanks to everybody for getting in touch. Um, that is the Football Forum and we will be back live pretty soon, I think, uh, but for now, it's uh, something different.
4: It's a mad world.
1: There you go, Cosy. You wanted this section, oh. <laughs> didn't you? So, Cosy
4: championship. Pause. Pause summed it up best. It's incredible. Let me get this right, Pause. To correct me if I'm wrong. Luton, no wins in four. Coventry beaten in six, Luton five, Coventry nil. Fulham man. three, Bristol City one, Micevic on fire Wednesday night, so Coventry Fulham Saturday dinner time, of course, yeah, Fulham are one up, no problem, it's going to form, 4-1 Coventry, incredible, and this division's unbelievable, I just, I know we say it every year, but Isn't it even good, though? West Bromwich are folding, yeah. Fulham struggling. You look at your bottom kind of three and, and four now, like Peter Barnsley's, maybe, I suppose maybe Barnsley wouldn't expect to get there, but he's making me wonder what, oh God, I've got to calm down, haven't we? I know we've had a good start, but it is.
1: is town Lager, isn't it?
4: It's brilliant, mate, isn't it? Because we know probably what's going to happen in the Premier League, who's going to be in them top four. Like Roy Keane was saying tonight, is, that might be a top four now. Bloody hell, we can't say that at all, them top six. Someone's going to get lucky again out there this season and, uh, Long, it's brilliant, isn't it? If you get your recruitment right, just like we showed in twenty, you know, sixteen, seventeen, and that as well, you you could have some fun. And uh, wow, I I'm loving the uh, unpredictability of it. And so, are my employers, <laughs> so
2: we're getting loads <laughs> of money in.
1: I bet they
4: are.
1: <laughs> oh dear. what's great though, Davies? I think by Christmas, I think we might see a top five emerge from from what things are happening at the minute. I'm looking at the likes of West Brom, Fulham. Uh, Sheffield United have seemed to have turned another lost, but they've turned a little bit of a corner, haven't they, sort of performance-wise. Bournemouth uh, and Stoke, I think those, those five look pretty well set, don't they? And they're, they've spent money in the right areas and they look quite good. But sixth place or one or two other player spots, it's just wide open. Even, you know, Derby, if they hadn't had that 12-point deduction, who'd have thought Derby would be swinging away in 12th, 13th, which they would have been without that. You know, it's it's been a really interesting and decent league. I know people say, oh, the quality is worse than ever. But for me, the thrills and spills are better than they've been for a long time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) the quality thing is an issue though because I think what's happened with, because of the COVID season, because of the restriction on finances, because of the various other things, there's quite one of the reasons I think you get these slightly mad results is that there's a lot of squads and there's a lot of first 11s where the, the talent gap is massive. And what I mean by the talent gap is that, the gap between your sort of best player on the pitch and your worst player on the pitch, if it's massive, then it's an analyst dream, really, because you know exactly who to target. It was interesting that Blackburn tried to target Nabi Saar, for instance, um, right from the first minute. Um, I think one of the things that Town have done well with their recruitment over the summer is they've really closed that gap. They've managed to... You, you look at Town's bench now from game to game and you think... That's as strong as they've had for since the Premier League, you know, comfortably, and they will continue to sort of carve their own path, I think, as a as a as a result of that. <laughs> I will say, I think the worst possible thing that could happen is Huddersfield Town being promoted this season, because I just don't <laughs> think it'd do the club any good whatsoever It'll at the moment. Um, but, uh, but what it what the start does mean, and what other teams doing what they're doing does mean, is that. The marker really should be, come March, no Huddersfield Town fans should be looking at other teams' results to see how they're doing on a Saturday. It should be a nice, comfortable, upper-mid-table season. Town are going to have more Forest games at home and more Swansea games away. They, they, They just will do by the nature of this league. But they're also going to have a few more nights like... Blackburn and a few more Saturdays like Reading at home as well and that's absolutely fine I mean I've written so many times this season that personally for me the mark for town this season is just to get somewhere in mid-table but just try and have a bit of fun you know the 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 real change for me this season was the EFL cup tie against Everton which it was a shame it was such a small crowd because it was just a really enjoyable town performance really enjoyable game and the fact they managed to sort of carry that on into the Reading game, and they've managed to recapture a bit of that against Blackburn in a home game—that's that's great. That's where you want That's what you want to be your marker of progress this season, because the last couple of seasons have been pretty deftly, <laughs> pretty deftly to say the least. So, a bit of fun, a nice comfortable season, aided by teams around them imploding left, right, and centre. I think that that really should be the sort of limit of the ambitions but it is it is a mad league it is a mad league and I think it's going to get a bit madder still because I think one or two teams might get points deductions before the end of the seasons to really throw the cat amongst the pigeons as well so it's just a madhouse as per really.
1: Oz you heard it we're going up this season according to Dave <laughs> I ignored everything after that I completely disregarded and we're promoted yeah obviously I think Dave's very right in what he says and they pause that a good mid table without having to look over your shoulder or too far forward would be a decent season
5: yeah just just nice and steady I think Get, get through Christmas I do think in January a couple of clubs that are up there will gamble just because it is such a weird league this time and all it will take is you know a team to think right you know we're sat in top six if we spend you know, let's gamble, let's roll the dice and spend 20 30 million, it'll probably result in you know, in promotion. Um, I don't think Town, has, Dave says, a anywhere near that, and I think it'd probably do more harm than good if, if it did happen. And you take it, but you know, the advice would literally be do not spend a single penny and, and just bank it and, and come back down. Obviously, the morale factor there is, is no good, so. Yeah, nice steady mid table finish. But it's just nice to be able to walk it, you know, to be walking down Leeds Road to match and be like, you know, last two matches, people have, you know, you have a little chats with people what if score will be. And it's like both both Blackburn and Luton, if it had been three to nil town, three nil to Luton, you'd have come away thinking that's not too unexpected just because it's so mental. It's, you know, similar with Blackburn. It could have been three nil either way. And you wouldn't have gone. Wow, that were a shock. It could literally be out every week. And sometimes, as a fan, that's a little bit more exciting than turning up. Mm. and knowing You're going to win every week. Certainly, obviously, certainly better than turning up and knowing you're going to lose. Mm. So, I think as fans, you just want to. People talk about being entertained at football, and I'm not one for harping on about wanting to be entertained. I, I want to go watch Town, and I want to see him win.
1: You want him to you... get it forward, you do, Paul. So we're yeah, here if every
5: week. Four four two and knocking <laughs> it long. Then that's how we do it. you know I'm happy with that? If you can't, if you're not going to win, then at least enjoy the match. And like you said, Matt, two-all against Blackburn, Benefit the stayed like that, you'd have walked out and gone. You yeah. know what? We've enjoy gone in it. front, we've thrown mm. it away, but we've fought back, and you know, we've we've got it, and then we've thrown it away again. But do you know, what? we it, were, it were a decent Tuesday evening out, and that, as a fan, you you accept that, don't you? Just show the fight, show the passion, show the commitment, and you know, fans will generally be happy with that.
1: Mm. There's
4: a few there fans just staying Matt, away. do cause Reading other stuff today, like. Birmingham got off to a flyer. Lee Boy in, you know, here mm-hmm. we go, keep right on and all that. They're in free form, mate. And it's like they're thinking, here we go again, another relegation season and stuff. And it's interesting. If you'd have thought, if you'd have watched our part a week ago, we were like, Where's this gonna go? And four points just kinda of, and, and the way it's kind of happens, kind of arrested our The Chelsea. Carlos roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and you look at other stuff, you're right. Where you say, Sheffield United, exactly what I read that day. It's like, yeah, they lost just at Bournemouth, but they're playing really, you know, playing mm-hmm. well. They've kind of Feel like they're going to kind of go a run stuff and that as well. So I think that's the thing for me. It's just some of the games last year. Obviously, the Bournemouth one maybe it's a bit naughty to pick that out because we had a few injuries, didn't we? But it's like I want to know that when we click through the turnstiles that we've got a chance every Saturday. And you should be able to say that in the championship, even it, even now where Fulham seems to have a bit of a, you kind of what's the word? The, we're definitely going. They probably will. But it's like the. Oh, what's the word? You don't think you're going to get anything and it's like all of a sudden that's been smashed out of the park. What's Brom, yeah, only the first defeat, so let's not get carried against a good Stokes side. But you think now any time you complain, this is the trouble where it's going to lure you in. So you think of our next two home games, Hull and the aforementioned Birmingham, it's like, we're at home all poor, although good win you late on. It's like six points and blah blah. But you should never think like that in this division and getting lured in and that as well. But Fans are going to turn up there, Pause. You're laughing, but they're going to turn up that ground a week on Saturday and expect three points. Maybe that's a good thing. We should expect better standards than last few seasons, shouldn't we? We've
0: got a better squad. All fandom, whatever club you're at, it's about hope. That's, that's the thing. And like the, the thing that's different this season is Carlos Corbin is a project manager and you're now a year and a bit into the project. And you can start to hope a little bit because you can see things are different and you don't need a numbers guy like me or Steve chicken to tell you that things are improving because you can see it on the pitch anyway. And that sense of hope is all any football fan asks for. And last season you were 12th on new year's day. And by the start of March, you were looking around at everybody else's results very nervously. And that's, that's not where town need to be. And, I think that having that hope, I wrote in a piece, it's, it's not about, it's about allowing yourself to dream a little bit, but not demand too much. That's, that's the thing, because the dreaming and the hope is what gets people clicking through the turnstiles, get people buying Sorbet Thomas shirts, because there's more and more of them now at every home game. And that's that's what you want, just a bit of goodwill, just a bit of excitement. And like you say, just feeling like you can go on a Saturday and it doesn't matter who's coming, you've got a fair fair chance.
1: You know what it is, Dave? I'm enjoying it again.
0: You know, the last two
1: years, I just, I think up until this season, I hadn't realised that how much I wasn't enjoying football at certain points in the last couple of years. There was a little flurry here and there, Carlos, you know, sort of November, December. But after that and the year before under the Cowleys, really... And and that's not a slight on Danny and Nicky Calder. They had a job to do in turning around what was pretty much a sinking ship, but it wasn't fun to watch. And now it just feels like, it just feels like fun again. And I just hope that more people start coming back a little bit and see that it's actually it's pretty decent. This at times, you yeah. Know. It's
4: funny to said that and again. Chucking more teams in it, but Middlesbrough, there, anti Warnock. I've seen a few mm. things recently. They lost to a bad Hull side yesterday, and it's expectations because obviously they were in the Premier League a lot more than us, and. I know they've been a long time out of it, but they—I think—they thought they were going mean, to. We're talking like it's like April, but it's obviously only first yeah. international break. But things can change quick. But their expectations of playoff spots are or not, and it's like that's what excites me. You're so right, Dave. It's just having that hope. and, Yeah, we've uh, and we've still got players to come back. And, you know, like Piper thats you like not being fit. Jordan Rhodes, we've not even seen him out in a township, So there's there's still plenty more to to look forward to, really. And it would just be nice to see a few more of their empty seats filled. That was Tuesday night, it seemed a poor crowd. Did they give 15,000? I read him one of my paper on Wednesday. Like, A sure. Bit of a yeah.
1: Bradford City crowd, that wasn't it? Yeah. It I did write on here in my, in my notes because Cardiff and Birmingham three weeks ago were, were heralded as uh, heralded I should say as, as playoff contenders, and look where they are now, 16th and 20th. So oh, we've
4: got that article I like, cut and paste to you today from Football League paper kind of mentioned us. So i like, whoa, don't, don't no, be shy. The, sure the
1: Championship can very quickly, swiftly yeah. give you mm-hmm. a kick in the balls, can if you get carried away with yourself? So, I you know. i have not making predictions this year because no. there's, there's no point. Uh, did yeah. you yeah. predict Fulham this year, no?
4: It's Mitrovic versus the World, mate, looking on that game Wednesday. it was unbelievable. I've never known a striker that's like, it's too good for this division. and just not good enough for Premier League. It's, it's like Tommins
1: used to be, isn't it? Tommins, when he had his pace yeah. before, he was a bit like that. And maybe Pritchard. Right, guys. Day. Go on, Dave.
0: No, I was just going to say, but what, what, what is important, really, in terms of what we've been talking about, the hope and everything else, is that last season, Northfield Town lost 21 games of football. And that's no fun whatsoever. And of those 21 games, nine of them were defeats followed immediately by another defeat. They've lost, I think, it's, was it three times this season? And they've come back with a defeat in the game after. And that's massive because that it stops everybody getting pulled down into the, into, the, you know, into the quicksand, which is where Huddersfield Town fans have been for two years, through no fault of their own. And COVID made it infinitely worse because not only was the football bad, it is awful watching on iFollow.
1: It made <laughs> on... it easy to stop following as well, <laughs> yeah. didn't it?
0: That's on thing. a on a lot of levels, it's it's terrible watching on iFollow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just to have that little bit of hope back. And I just hope it does translate to the turnstiles turning over a little bit more.
1: Right, let's move on a little bit. Cozzy, you'll remember this. <laughs> Classic Channel 4, eh? Uh, Right, it's the news in brief. (laughs) The news... I know, I've been playing with this machine in the the last sort of hour or so. Uh, News in brief. So, a couple of things. Josh Ruffles became the 1,000th player to wear the blue and white stripes of Huddersfield Town uh, against Blackburn Rovers, which seems surprisingly low considering Lee Clark used about 150 players in three seasons. But, you know, congratulations to Josh and 1,000 players. Quite Quite a stat. Uh, Brahema Diarra signed a new deal looking forward to seeing how he develops uh, over the coming months as well Uh, Town Women have beaten Stoke City 5-1 this weekend so a big well done to them as they bounce back from a few defeats and good luck to the new management team uh, over there as well for for Huddersfield Town ladies Uh, Big congratulations as well to Sauber Thomas on his Welsh international call up Kiefer Moore no doubt, we will be licking his lips at the potential quality coming from Gareth wide. Bale in
4: it. So I've been told. Yeah, exactly. He's
1: <laughs> knocked Gareth Bale out of the squad. Very well deserved, this, isn't it? Pause.
5: Yeah, he's cracking. He's a cracking player. He's uh, so, but I think unknown quantity, was not he? I don't even know if he were down to start at Derby, but obviously we had no. you know, a few covids and injuries and stuff like that. And he's, I think I said after after the Derby match that he played with at Derby anyway, sort of that. It's probably doing him a disservice actually. I don't really, I don't obviously don't mean to do it, but like a non league mentality of when I get a ball, mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of try and score or I'm going to try and make something happen. There's no sort of
1: nothing to lose, is what you no yeah.
5: technical, not you know, like well, I better play a square pass because that's what I've been told. It's very much I'm going to get on the ball and I'm going to and I'm going to run and I'm going to do my step overs and I'm going to show my skill. And I don't really have any fear because you know, I want to expect it to be here. And you know, when he got called off at well squad, um. You know, a it was a massive shot because I didn't know he, he could play for Wales, and B it was a massive shot because I thought, wow, the last you know he's been playing at Ballroom Wood and now you know he can be potential international football. So, you know, seems a really decent guy as well. I've met him a couple of times, and uh, really down to earth. You know, he's not he's not coming, Johnny, come lately, and I noticed on his social media where he were back down where he grew up and he was doing a bit of filming in the, like the cage, you know, in where he used mm. to play and stuff like that, so he's you know, sort of true to his roots and stuff and you know, I think with someone like Thomas at the moment, there's, the sky's the limit and I think as fans we've got to expect that he will have a dip in form, he's clearly not played league football for a season and you know, he will have a dipping form and at that moment we as we have almost a responsibility in my eyes to, to keep behind him and you know, he, he seems the sort of player that thrives on confidence um, and stuff like that. So when when the sort of going gets tough, which it will, I think we we need to rally around him and you know bring him and bring him back up. Um, but yeah, my little lad, um, Jack is either winger and he's he's sort of Thomas. You know, Dave, you mentioned about names on the shirt. He he got his shirt of the week and he's like, oh, normally gets his own name. And he's like, no, 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 Salva Thomas this time. Mm-hmm. Got um, posters up on on his wall. Mm-hmm. And, because he's got from club shop, But it just brings something different, doesn't he? excites actually, we've mm-hmm. we've missed that at town. There's not been anyone for the last since since Wagner years, really. That when he got the ball, he thought, "Oh, you know, something might happen here." So, yeah, top top man, and hopefully, you know, this form continues as long as it possibly can.
4: New what, song though, Cosy. What's been great with it, mate, and what I've loved to see. So this weekend, there's no games. Get to a non-league game, man, because this is where it happens. And it's been absolutely beautiful to see Baron Wood's Twitter feed there. They've obviously, not, obviously, they, he's one of their owners as the as the song goes, and the love and affection they've got for him, and the pride that they had when he were announced, obviously as uh, Rob Page, other seal legend uh, in his squad on for the you know for the upcoming games. Brilliant! I, I love stuff like that because so much of players now are that we kind of see is kind of bought bought in, you know, foreign players or you know, kind of from Premier League academies. This guy has come from Barnwood, man, and. It's brilliant. Frustrate Forget kind of opening, reopening all woods. I thought should have played a bit more, kind of last season. But he's here now, I and mean, it's a brilliant story, Matt. And uh,
0: no pressure, mate. Gareth Bale out and Silver Thomas in. <laughs> Good yeah. luck for I, I think last season, to be honest with you, I don't think he was quite ready. He's he's 22 years old, so he's not come as like a sort of teenager and. He needed to just learn how to be a professional footballer. And I don't mean to be patronising about that, but it's stuff like swapping the fizzy drinks for water and various other things that you just need a little bit of help and guidance with more than anything else. But pre-season, he played on the right, he played on the left, he played as a false 10 in second half against Southport he played uh, as a traditional winger, he played as an inverted winger, it felt a little bit like they didn't know quite what to do with him but here was a guy who'd come back early for pre-season training, was clearly like making every effort he possibly could to get into the team and his attitude is brilliant because last season, I mean I've said it before on the other podcast but he would come to every single game. If he wasn't selected in the squad, he'd be still on the sideline watching the warm up. He'd be talking to coaches. He'd be talking to manager. If he was playing, he was the last one off after warming up. He was just—you could look at it and say, "Yeah, there's an attitude there of somebody who really, really wants to make it." And it's—it's it's paying dividends now. I mean, he's in the Welsh international squad. He played three times for Boreham Wood in January. I mean, that's that's insane. He gets called up for Wales in September. So you've just got to sit back and uh, admire what he's done in a very short space of time, really, and and enjoy him for what it is. You'd, you're seeing sort of, you know, a star in the making before your own eyes here. And enjoy that sober
1: Thomas song as well, Cosby. <laughs> uh, right, so our final congratulations in our news round go to our very own Dan Porritt. Uh, described by his best mates as one of the tightest men on earth, Poz leaked a video of himself and son Jack celebrating against Reading online uh, in a ruse to get himself a free in town shirt, which seemed to work. Which seemed to work a charm. Tell us about that day, Poz. Yeah, there
5: were no, uh, there were no um, ulterior motives with that. But, uh, no, it were um just got a message from club just asking if we could pop down and you know utility had obviously picked up on the on the video as as many other people did and then they just wanted to to come down and i think it was more the strap line of getting young young lads and young girls to go watch you know go watch live football rather than um you know that would be the angle that i, I thought we're going to go down and you know the importance of getting kids involved in going to watch live sport because you know it's all too easy these days to to pick a Man United or a Man City, and you know have them as your club. Or sit on your PlayStation all day, or whatever the whatever kids play on these days. And um, you know, to, I thought they just wanted to do a little piece on that. But obviously, when we when we got down there, the Boothie were there doing his uh, doing his great uh, presentation skills, and uh, you know stuff like that. And the club club made a nice little video, and you know they gave the the, the boys a, a shirt, and and obviously me as well. So it were really unexpected and, and a really nice really nice touch because um you know they didn't have to do that at all they could have just used the video and you know put it on a promotional ad or whatever but to you know to get the people involved down there and uh, you know give them something to give them something back were, were amazing and like I say, my two boys have you know been buzzing ever since to, to keep talking about it Our Jack thinks he's a celebrity down there now you know, he knows he knows Boothie, he knows Robin. He,
1: he knows gave Boothie a Scarborough warning, didn't he, with that he shirt size.
5: I was <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, calm down, it's all right. It's, it's too big. But I think that's one of the greatest things at Udersfield Town. You know, we can we can come on here and we have at times, you know, give our two on how the clubs run and, you know, what can be done better on the pitch and off the pitch and stuff like that. But throughout that period at time at town, the, the the community link to to the fans and little bits and bobs like that is is what makes the club what it is and you know that that means a lot. Does that to a not just to myself but to a to a lot of fans that the the club still do that and there's a lot of there's a lot of good people down there like Robin and Rachel who work on you know support services and and various others behind the scene involved in town foundation and stuff like that and they're they're a, they're a real credit to Walsall town and they're the sort of people that you know we should sing their praises probably more often. You know, they're not involved in the football side of it. That's not their remit. So what goes on on the pitch don't matter to them. You know, it's not their doing. You know, but they do a lot of work with, with the fans and in the community and, you know, absolutely every credit
4: credit to those people. Mm. I felt under pressure on Tuesday week goal celebrations near pods because then cameras are there. I felt <laughs> I had to I'm gonna yeah, I thought Can we
1: dig was... some of those out pause and we can we can show some videos, yeah. can't we, online at Cosy? Although to be fair, I'm Danny Ward's goal it did look like a, a spitting image of you, didn't it? In the background, celebrating that Danny Ward goal. Oh man,
4: just gig, mate. I'm just—we're just all mere mortals, mate. In the puzzle world, really.
1: <laughs> He is the super fan, isn't he? Oh um, man, it's
4: been like that since August. It no surprise to me, though. So, um, what's next, pot Anyway, mate, is this Pod going to be too big for you? Or I didn't, I didn't want to say, but
5: you know, it's I not in against Hull, so you
1: know, <laughs> but... Jack's on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Right, so the last uh, item on our agenda, we, we throw this back to you uh, again, Mister Kosmala. Uh, you're on the couch and you're you're on the boor- on board with Tracy Couch as well, aren't you?
4: Yeah, yeah. That, really interesting. So there's there's some I think <laughs> a lot of them misquote, but Minister of Football is going to like make some proposals like a review of kind of the pro- kind of how we enjoy our football at the moment and that's so the one thing that they reckon is going to happen and. I don't know why it's going to have to be trialled in lower divisions. It's not as if, like, they should do it, but is with drinking in stadiums and stuff, which uh, they reckon is going to be trialled at non-league and league two level. And then if it's, you know, going to be successful, then then it'll be come across everywhere. And that's why it's been really interesting kind of reading a lot of stuff recently because Man United and Liverpool are the kind of, in their grounds are charging like £2.90 for the pint. Because they've got a they've got a different system now to get people in the grounds. Because it's not like before. You've got a sure. I think obviously COVID vaccine pass or something like. But to a long story short, the clubs are trying to get their income streams up. And it the, the article really interesting because it was saying a lot of local pubs are going to go under because they're losing a lot of money. So I think this is going to be welcomed by the clubs because obviously more kind of income in more pints and stuff like that. Something that feels kind of banged on about a little bit. You know, trying to get that, but. Well, I've got to be honest, Matt. I, this is a controversial viewpoint, but I've seen it in rugby and yeah,
1: it works well doesn't Germany it? and that
4: as well. It's, it's a little bit different in Germany. I don't know. I think they're different with their beer, the Germans. It's almost do you, like,
1: do you remember when we had a friendly against Wakefield about 10, 11 years ago? And you, totally. you could, you know, you could drink uh, outside, you know, alongside the pitch and. It, it didn't end well. There was a lot of fighting, and and it was you know a lot yeah. of drunken lads. Well, on and... Tuesday,
4: Matt, in the south stand, some guy I don't know who they was, but some guy's coming down with a pint. No one's noticed him. So I've been drinking it in the second half and that as well. And, and typically, when Ward scored, the beer get thrown in the air. So yeah. it was kind of weird. It was almost like so I got <laughs> covered in beer. But it's, like, it's,
1: it's a one off what I'm I'm talking about. So it could it could go great. Yeah, but, you know, not, it, just, all I'm thinking just is that in the back the of my mind.
4: To come, mate. The, the kind of the argument for it is. You know the good, normal, sensible fan. Why shouldn't they be deprived of that? it's been, God, they were saying, was it 36 years since this has been able to be done and stuff like that as well. But mm. I see it in rugby league and it does get on my nerves, especially when you're in the seated areas, which obviously we are going to be at football. It's not too bad at terracing because you can move, but it's like people are, you know, you've got to move out and it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy is a he year to watch pine. i just. Much game on just to have as many pints as he can, and that's so all. People are going to the toilet in.
1: constantly. Don't get, a, don't get an aisle seat, yeah. you? you know, going to get thrown. But, but well, there is I that. But I th- we've got Dave on, obviously. Dave on the podcast, and and Dave is a. Uh, it's no surprise to everyone that he is a Seagull. You know, he is a a Brighton fan. But what Brighton do brilliantly through uh, Mr. Barber down there is they. Uh, they they have a match day experience which is a little bit unrivaled isn't it Dave? They open early they put music on don't they down there yeah. they, they do all sorts and this this kind of thing opens different uh, opens different ideas and and different things that football clubs can do to be a bit more like Brighton I guess
0: so the the thinking behind it is that basically if you you'll get less trouble if you a keep fans happier and b you don't have everybody just leave the ground straight after the game so you can come early so if you're in the away end they put local beer on so if Huddersfield Town were playing they'll they'll get a load of magic rock in for instance and then after the game they open up a couple of stands one of the stands they have like DJ live music in and it's open for like a couple of hours and you can have a drink Rather than all crowding to the bars, they have people coming round with barrels so that you can buy a pint straight off them there. And it's just to... Basically, to, it's a way for the club to make a load of money. It's a way to space the trains back out to Brighton better instead of having, you know, 22,000 people going for the same train 10 minutes after kickoff. And it just... It, it works because we can't do it in sort of games against Crystal Palace or them as as we call them but for every other team you know they get they they get the red carpet rolled up and they can come come round and it's it's a good system and it works it works for us it helps that you know I'm I'm going to be honest with you it helps that our fan base is not a sort of historically chucking chairs around and all that of middle sort class of thing. area isn't it well, it's it's not even that. It's just more that we've spent over 75% of our entire history on the bottom two leagues. <laughs> we've had very little to fight about for a long time when we're too busy fighting in and amongst ourselves. So it's just about making that experience as, as good as you can for away fans offering a little bit of something after the game because you get a lot of away fans coming round who know about it and coming in. And, yeah, it it, it works for us. It, I mean, I'm not sure it'd work everywhere. I'm not sure it'd work at London clubs, for, a, for an example. But there are ways football can look at itself and do things like this, and clubs can generate money. And uh, looking at the match day experience is a, is a very key way to do it. And I think looking at the matchday experience after the game is something that football clubs could do an awful lot more of as well, if I'm honest. During the game, though, Matt, I just.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a different thing, is this. It? Um, we'll see how it goes, I guess. But the. Uh, yeah. I think like
4: it's happening, though, mate. It's, I think it'll be interesting to see if he gets resistance from police and what have you. But again, like Dave's mentioned in theory of why they do what they do at Brighton, but they were kind of saying it's going to stop people like binge drinking, kind of, you know. All the gaming. right?
1: Yeah, yeah, see, because they get um, three pints at half time, don't they? And down they go and back I'm out, yeah.
4: Debatable with some of guys that I know, and especially if Town start playing crap, it's like beers are flying left, <laughs> it does annoy me a little bit. I mean, I'm a will bit older, but will like, it
1: stop you from leaving after 20 minutes at Tottenham, Cosy,
4: and things like that? <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, next I think, season when we've got up, mate, I'll tell you. But no, it's uh, it's happening, it is, though, I think.
0: It's worth saying though that it was banned for a very good reason. It wasn't like somebody just took their bat and ball home and said football fans shouldn't be able to have a drink and watch the game. It was like football stadiums were the wild, wild west, to say the very, very least. And I think think you almost have to judge it from a club-to-club basis because I think some clubs could do it tomorrow and there would be no problems whatsoever and it'd be absolutely fine. Fulham in the Championship could do it tomorrow and everybody would sit and have a pint and watch the game and it'd go absolutely fine. But I can you really see it being successful with Millwall, for example? You know, it's I good think
4: part, Dave, because when, when it did I, I remember some of them games, stuff's coming back to me now, but there used to be games where the away fans were banned from drinking at half mm. time, even that concourse. And I'm sure we got what, did we got to Ellen road look, there? There yeah, were No.
1: That's why that's why Leeds is a, pretty much a twelve o'clock kickoff when when they used to come here yeah. and the pubs pubs were shut in the town centre mm. and things so like that. Yeah.
4: We were like we were going places like, Oh, you can't have a drink and stuff, but it's going to be fascinating to see how it happens because I was really shocked reading Sackhoff. Because normally it's thought, oh, is it just an article that's just kind of mm. guessing and or, or this would be nice to have, like we have in Bundesliga. But no, it sounds like it's going to be happening National League, League 2, the tribes on. Because you can't even do it in non league. I went to Alticum last week and some guys, Mr. Like, Man United fans, were piling into sidelines. Like, with this, oh, no, lad, you can't take them out. What? It's non league? No. So you can't even have a drink at the sidelines in non. Well, at kind of fifth tier level I don't know any lower than that but I don't think you can at Scarborough either but so this will be groundbreaking stuff and welcome to buy many but as someone who like goes and watches a lot of rugby and people like man is this your eighth pint now do I have to move again it's like steel has <laughs> yeah, gone yeah it'll be you know interesting know if you can
5: afford to, to buy eight pints inside the stadium you're obviously doing all right and I certainly won't be paying Here he is
4: to-
1: tightest man alive
4: magic rock you've yeah. just bigged him up at start now you're sticking needle in man <laughs>
1: all right if it's free isn't
5: it oh yeah I think <laughs> no i think it is it is an interesting one and you know if they roll it out and and fans decide to spoil it then we we've only got ourselves to blame on when we can't sort of harp on about it's not 70s and 80s anymore we're a different breed and we, we do things differently and then when it comes in ruin it for ourselves it's a little bit like safe standing isn't it? in a way it'll probably drip feed in and 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 see how it goes and you know that seems to have worked really well and a lot more clubs are getting involved with with safe standing so you know, it maybe may certain areas in stadiums that are allowed it at first. You know, I was thinking at a town maybe Riverside Stand would probably be more suitable than maybe Cowshed.
4: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you upper class.
1: I know Chardonnay where we <laughs> sit. You know, none of this, none, none of this beer malarkey. You know, it's high class wine. You know, and gins and what have you. Uh, right, I think that's it for this week, guys. Uh, Dave, thank you very much for for coming on to the uh, to the podcast. Um, love the stuff that you do in the the Examiner and. And also the book as well. Surely it's about time Silver Linings has a, an audio book, isn't
0: it? Well, to be honest with you, I thought of sitting there for
1: eight hours reading my own book. <laughs> could, you would... not get, could you not get someone famous to do it? There's, um...
0: pos? Yeah, pos know,
1: yeah, Yeah, There you go. Pos could do it. There you that go. Is, uh, if you get a copy of the book, I'll do it for you, mate.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you pos. you might be tied up because they're looking for a new Bond, aren't they now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ginger Bond.
4: Double
1: O. <00. laughs> Double
4: Ogre 7. <laughs>
1: oh, you Two, you go.
2: Go. That uh, is a
4: great yeah. way to end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, guys. So, Dave, thank you for coming on. Cozy, pause, top lads as always. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Thank you, guys.
5: Cheers,
1: guys. <laughs>
3: There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white. They're a team of renown, they're the pride of the town. And the game of football is dead alive.
2: On 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds.
2: A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family. Only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points. Not Nugget, share box, spot on. Automatic delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in.
1: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.